0: Welcome back to the Foreign Policy ProfCast. My name is Mark Melton, and I'm the Managing Editor of Providence. And today I am speaking with Igor Sabino, who is a PhD candidate in Brazil. Igor, could you tell us what are you studying and where are you studying?
1: Yes, uh, I am a PhD in political science at the Federal University of Pernambuco, we Recife, in the northeast of Brazil. And I'm researching more about religion and international politics. And right now, even if I focus on the US foreign policy.
0: Okay. And today we are going to be talking about Brazil politics, a lot going on there, and especially next year with an election coming up. And for a lot of listeners, they will know about Jair Bolsonaro, so we're going to talk about him. It's kind of hard not to talk about him when covering Brazil politics. But a lot of the listeners will probably know about him because evangelicals in Brazil were supporting him. So my first question to kind of get our conversation started is you know why did jair bolsonaro have the support of brazil's evangelicals you know how did he get this support and do they still have his support because his approval ratings are pretty low i believe they are below 30 percent yeah that's a really good question
1: um i think that's because you know during many years after the time that brazil became a democracy again because you know during the cold war we had like uh 20 years of dictatorship and trust was like a military uh, government. So people tend to align with the, the right wing. So after the dictatorship, in the beginning of the red democratization process, all the main parties in Brazil, they were left. So we had like center left, that was like more social democracy and the social democracy parties, they were considered to be right wing. And then we had like the labor party that became very famous and spent uh, almost 20, hours, 20 years in power you know, Lula and Dilma Rousseff and all of them. And part of the left, they started to embrace some agendas that were like anti, seen, seen by Christians as anti-Christians. Um, some people on the left, they started to push for the legalization of abortion because abortion in Brazil is still illegal. Uh, and also same-sex marriage and all these moral causes. They were like being, we started to have like a kind of cultural war like you have in the US. Uh, I think that American Christians, they are like engaged on this for so many years. And in Brazil, it's like a a recent phenomenon. So I think that abortion and family uh, were one of the main reasons why Bolsonaro got the support from the evangelicals. um, And also because of his uh, Zionism, he was like one of the first presidents to be openly for Israel because Brazil has always been like trying to be a neutral uh, partner. We recognized Israel in 1948, uh, 1949, actually. Uh, but Brazil has always supported like a two-state solutions a solution. But sometimes Brazil was more like pro-Palestinian in order to get some f- economic favors with the Arabs. And Bolsonaro was like changing that completely. He was saying, I'm going to be a, an evangelical Christian. Actually, he, he's Catholic, but he got baptized on uh, the Jordan River in Israel. So he was like, I'm going to be a Christian president. I'm going to defend the family. I'm going to defend the nation. I'm going to defend Israel. So I think that many evangelicals saw him like a kind of Cyrus, you know, like as kind of a savior, as someone who would help them to win this cultural war in Brazil and protect family and be against abortion. But he was actually the, the most uh, disqualified person for that, that the task. And I think that, yes, now many evangelicals, they are dropping their support for Bolsonaro, uh, especially the the poorest ones, the ones who live uh, on the slums, on poor regions, because of the economy is going really bad, and they remember that during the time that the left, especially Lula and the Labour Party, was in power, the economic situation was better, especially during Lula. Uh, The economy in Brazil, uh, it started to become become worse during Dilma. Uh, So I think that these creations are like um, vanishing their support for Bolsonaro but other Christians are still supporting him and I think that if next year we have elections between Bolsonaro and Lula, Christians especially like prominent leaders and famous pastors they'll keep supporting Bolsonaro because they'll keep saying that the left is a threat to the gospel, it's a threat to the church so Bolsonaro told he's horrible in a lot of things, he would be like the, the so-called less bad option and they would still vote for him
0: is it a situation where like in the US where even though Trump's approval ratings went down or like you know they were pretty stably low around in the 40-5% range or so but like he had like very strong evangelical support no matter what is that kind of the situation so that's not the situation in Brazil or
1: I think it's, it's similar you know especially among the so-called elites of evangelicals that's a, a term that's been used a lot in the US recently
0: but i mean the main
1: pastors those who have influence like on TV and on social media, the worship singers, all of them, they're like, most of them basically are still supporting Bolsonaro because Bolsonaro's wife, Michele, uh, the first lady of Brazil, she's an evangelical Christian. She attends an evangelical church in Brasilia. And so a lot of these famous uh, Christian leaders, they, they are friends with her. So I think they won't drop that. As I said, it's going to be, I think that only the, the poor people who are being more affected, they may not vote for him. But here in Brazil, unfortunately, people are using to trade their votes for something else. So especially on church, there are a lot of spiritual abuse concerning this during elections because the, press, the pastors are like, if you are a Christian, you need to vote for this candidate. Otherwise, you're going to be sinning. So I think that the, the support will be sustained even among these more uneducated and poor Christians who are suffering the most with Jair Bolsonaro's government.
0: And what policies has Bolsonaro enacted that evangelicals would like? For instance, he, I believe, announced that he was going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital, maybe move the embassy there. But did he do that? Or like, what has he enacted?
1: Oh, yes. He didn't do it because when he announced that there was a lot of criticism from the Arab countries. And together, the Arab countries, they are the third... Um, commercial partner of Brazil, you know, the Arabs, they come right after the U.S. and China. So some countries, they, they threatened to cut some deals with Brazil. And so there was this concern, especially among um, the, the more pragmatic supporters of the president. So he just opened a economic, an economical office in Jerusalem and said he would start that um, but I don't know. Maybe he will try to open them to move the embassy uh, next year, or promise to do it when he be reelected. Right now, he's really isolated internationally because his main partners were Trump and Netanyahu. So even the relation with Israel was more focused on the person, like on Netanyahu, than uh, the state of Israel itself. Now that Bennett is in power, Brazil and Israel still have good relations, but there's like. Uh, they are not like they were during the time of Netanyahu, and now Bolsonaro is going to. He's seeking the support of the Gulf countries. So he has been to Saudi Arabia. He has been to uh, the Emirates twice. Um, right now, w- when we are talking, we are recording this. He's on an official trip to to the Gulf countries. Uh, yesterday, he just opened uh, an embassy of Brazil in Bahrain. So some people believe that he's like getting closer to these Arab countries, uh, trying to, to make a deal to move the embassy, something like of the, the, the spirit of the Abrahamic courts, to enjoy this moment and try to make this deal in order to please the evangelicals uh, looking for the elections next year.
0: Brazil has had a long history of corruption with politicians, and especially in the rise of Bolsonaro and the Operation Car Wash. So for listeners who don't know, about the Operation Car Wash, it is considered probably the largest corruption case in the country's history, and it has implicated a lot of different politicians. So, what role did corruption play in the rise of Bolsonaro? Uh,
1: yes, uh, I think that's this played a, a big role, especially among non christians you know, the general society, uh, because the Labor Party, as I said, they were in power for almost like uh, twenty years. Uh, we had Uh, eight years of Lula, then we had four more years of Dilma Rousseff, and her second mandate was interrupted. There was impeachment, so it in total was like 16 years. And then we had a lot of scandals of corruption, even during Lula's mandate. But during Dilma's impeachment, it was stronger, and there was like the car wash operation. Uh, Lula was arrested, and Bolsonaro portrayed himself as a guy who was uncorruptible, there was no formal scandals of corruption against him. So he, he tried to think himself as this guy who was an outsider, although he, was, he had been like a uh, federal deputy for like years and he was part of the old poli- policies and had even supported uh, the Labour Party. But then he embraced this. And also, Moro, the judge, the former judge um, who put Lula in jail, um, he was also like kind of supporting Bolsonaro uh, on the first years of Bolsonaro's uh, government. He was the Minister of Justice. Now he broke up with Bolsonaro because he said there were a lot of corruption on Bolsonaro's uh, government as well. But the thing is, now we have evidence that the car wash, there was some uh, personal interference. So uh, Lula was released. And now we don't know if the judgment was fair or not. I mean, he has not been... Uh, in, he's not considered innocent legally, but there's a lot of concern about the process by which he was judged. So I think that now people, uh, the same people who voted in Bolsonaro to not have Lula in power, now going to vote for Lula uh, to take Bolsonaro out of power.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a pretty big mess with the Operation Car Wash and uh, especially with the revelations about how uh, the judge might have been in cahoots with Bolsonaro. At least that's the implication of everything I was reading. And like, so what are the, like, do the people of Brazil, uh, do the revelations about this judge and his anti-Lula da Silva's um, slant influence their views of Bolsonaro? Uh,
1: Yeah, it has influenced a lot because people just realize that they have been played so some people it's funny because some people even blame the u.s for that they say that more was working for the cia because they say that brazil was growing a lot and was being like a threat to the u.s interest in in south america of course that's a conspiracy theory uh it has like no no, no fundamental for, for that but some people they have this impression that okay brazil was going well with lula then all of a sudden we, we had this about corruption, of course, uh, corruption is part of Brazil. So people tend to minimize corruption now and they realize yeah, that it's still a big deal. But now during Bolsonaro's government, we also have a lot of scandals of corruption. For example, his sons, they are all politicians and they buying super expensive houses in cash, paying in cash and other scandals that are not being investigated because uh, the, the guys who are, who are going to investigate his sons, all of a sudden, he were, they were fired or they moved positions. So there's a lot of interference from the president in order to uh, keep, keep their son, his sons out of jail. Um, so I think that that's the impression that people have in Brazil, that they have been played. And all this fight against corruption was just a scene to take Lula off and bring Bolsonaro to power.
0: And, you know, we kind of mentioned Trump earlier, but so Trump and Bolsonaro have had or had a very close relationship, at least closer than what Trump had with other heads of states. And people viewed both men as coming from the same global populist movement against elites, especially left wing elites. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, we had a speaker at a Providence event who uh, Warned American conservatives not to align too closely with Bolsonaro. According to him, like the US has had a long, uh, troubled history in South America of basically picking one horse in a country. And when governments change, the US can be in a pickle. And in this case, he warned that Republicans specifically might be in a pickle if a different party takes over Brazil. So, my question is, like, how does or how has the US Brazil relationship developed during Trump's presidency? And how has it fared so far this year? And kind of a tag on to that is like, how do Brazilians feel about the US Brazil relationship?
1: Yeah, this is a, a really nice question and really good. Um, I think that one of the difficulties that many Americans they have, especially Republicans, to understand Brazil and Bolsonaro uh, is because they think that he's like the main representative of the, the, the right wing. And in fact, he is. But the problem is because, as I said, we didn't have like a, a real uh, right-wing movement. He did not have a real conservative movement. So Bolsonaro uh, portrayed himself as the leader of this movement, but actually he's really influenced by a populist movement. Uh, he's really influenced by Stephen Bannon and, and all these people related to the alt-right. And now we, we, I can say that we don't have a true conservative movement in Brazil. We have a populist right-wing which I think that's completely different. And during uh, Trump's government, uh, Bolsonaro really tried to make Brazil closer to the US, but in order to do it, he sacrificed uh, some of the Brazilian interests just to please Trump. Uh, And because of that, a lot of Brazilians started to have like a more negative view of the US because they were like, okay, we are trying to be an independent country, have more space on the international society, have more protagonism, especially during Lula years, uh, because Lula had this idea of becoming Brazil an emerging power, just like India is, you know, all the conversation about the Brits, Brazil, India, Russia, China. And then when Bolsonaro comes, it's like, no, we need to fight against globalism. We need to create a new world war based on conservative values. And then we're going to ally Brazil with the West, with Israel, with Poland, Hungary, And these countries, okay, we we can understand the moral reasoning behind it. uh, But in terms of economy, of more pragmatic uh, issues, this wasn't good for Brazil. It wasn't good for Brazil's economy. Uh, So many, many Brazilians, they started to have this negative view about the US. And what happens now is that I think that Biden is trying to have a more pragmatic relation with Brazil, uh, not commenting on general issues. So, although Bolsonaro still says that the elections, uh, there was a fraud on the the American elections, Uh, he kept saying that a lot, that Trump had actually won, and people are super concerned about how that could harm the US-Brazil relations. But Biden seems to be ignoring those comments because the US still has a lot of interest with Brazil, uh, especially concerning the migration crisis. There has been some talks about resettling some uh, people in Brazil, especially people from Haiti. Some Haitians are going to the U.S. So there are some secret, not so secret, but some talks about Brazil receiving part of that. So what I see is that the relations between Brazil and, and the U.S., they keep good. They has always been good, actually. Um, there are some like, conspiracy theories and some anti-American feelings but more on some sectors of the, of the left. Um, I would say that the average median Brazilian uh, loves the U.S. because there's a lot of idealization about how the U.S. is this land of opportunities. And a lot of Brazilians, they go to work in the U.S. and they make a lot of money. And I think that last year, the number of Brazilians trying to enter in the U.S. illegally grew a lot because of the, the crisis in Brazil, the economic crisis, but also because of this image that many Brazilians still have that uh, the US is the land of opportunity. And we just if you go there, we're going to be integrated and we just need to work hard. So I think that now, uh, in pragmatic terms, the relations between Brazil and US, they are better because there was like this distance between uh, the, the personalities. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think that Bolsonaro is becoming a pariah. So nobody really wants to talk to him. So, for example, uh, yesterday, I, I think uh, Lula, he's traveling in Europe and he was received by the president of France uh, with high honors because Bolsonaro used to make a lot of mean comments about uh, the, the Macron's wife. And, and also there was a meeting between Macron and Bolsonaro and Bolsonaro said, He couldn't attend it because he had a very important uh, meeting and the meeting was actually, he was going to get a haircut and he streamed that online, like making fun of him. So I think that the world is starting to prepare for uh, a new Brazil, a Brazil with a new president, with a new leadership. But there's still a lot of things that need to be done to recover our image uh, from before Bolsonaro
0: yeah, I, I didn't know about the haircut appointment. Uh, that's kind of um, interesting and humorous, but the <laughs> yeah, so uh, so in addition to uh, you know relations with the u s, Brazil's relationship with China is very important. And so what is going on on that front, especially if the u s. and China are going to enter something that resembles a cold war?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's that constrain that. Brazil has made clear 100% that, at least like under Bolsonaro, that Brazil will side with the US. Uh, we had a lot of crisis with China, you know, diplomatic crisis, because uh, Bolsonaro's son, Eduardo Bolsonaro, is a federal deputy and he was the chief of the International Affairs Commission on the, on the, on the houses of, of government. And he wrote a lot of stupid things about China, Uh, initially not blaming for for the COVID, but like making some racist commentaries, comments about China and the Chinese people. So the the ambassador of China demanded uh, a a response, like an apology, and he said he wouldn't give. So we have a a historical of crisis, uh, diplomatic crisis in the last years. Uh, between Brazil and China, especially because of all this uh, ideological view of Bolsonaro and his, his sons. Uh, Bolsonaro has been speaking against China several times, but China also has uh, an interest in Brazil. So China is starting to retaliate uh, softly, but at the same chi- time trying to win the, the minds and hearts of the Brazilians, you know, saying uh, that China has a lot of things to do, good for the world, And I think that China is also exploring some of the problems of the U.S., uh, like racism and all of that, and trying to show that the U.S. has a double standard, especially in South America, like supporting dictatorships and human rights violations at the at the same time that portrays itself as the land of democracy and human rights. And because the message of China is very clear, we don't care about democracy, we don't care about human rights. We want. uh, make demands concerning that. We are just interested in money and economy. So let's be pragmatic and solve things. Uh, so I think that right now, Brazil is clearly sided with, with the U.S. But I think that if Lula comes to power, he will change a little bit of that But he won't like, get the side of China. I think that Brazil will try to be neutral uh, on this new scenario because we need uh, both countries. Like, as I said, they are our main commercial partners. So I think that Brazil is going to be in a really difficult situation uh, in the next years concerning this fight between the U.S. and China.
0: Last month, a report from Brazil's Senate was leaked, and it looked into Bolsonaro's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. It said that the president should be tried for crimes against humanity and crimes against public health. So what is this report, and what influence might it have? Like, will it lead to an impeachment?
1: Yes, indeed, there has been a lot of discussions in Brazil about Bolsonaro's responsibility in the spread of COVID-19 in Brazil. Uh, We have more than 600,000 deaths, and many believe that he's responsible for at least Part of, of the those deaths uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, he has minimized the effects of this disease, saying that it's just a flu that people should keep working and living life um, as if nothing was happening, despite some evidence that we had in Brazil that we could have a big number of deaths and during this recent investigation by the Senate, there has been some proofs that bolsonaro really boycotted we call it the fight against the pandemic. So for example, uh, Pfizer sent a lot of emails to the Brazilian Ministry of Foreign Affairs and I think that also to the Brazilian Ministry of Health um, trying to sell vaccines to Brazil before uh, any other country in the world. So all this experience that uh, Israel had with with Pfizer uh, being called the vaccination, the nation of vaccines, Uh, Pfizer wanted to have done that in Brazil because Brazil is a really big country and we have good records of people getting vaccinated. So right now, I think that 6% of the whole Brazilian population is fully vaccinated. Uh, in the, the beginning, Bolsonaro was really reticent by the vaccines. So it took a long time for us to get the vaccines, especially if you compare, for example, with the US. Uh, for example, I am 26. And I could get my two shots of the vaccine just on on October, basically. And a lot of other friends of my age haven't been fully vaccinated yet. And all the vaccination campaigns just started because some local governors, as Doria, the governor of Sao Paulo, he made a deal with China in order to produce uh, Sinopharm vaccines uh, in Brazil. And even when that was happening, Bolsonaro was, like, uh, questioning the... The efficacy of this vaccine because it was a Chinese vaccine, according to him. So he politicized a lot um, this issue of the pandemic, and he also encouraged people to take a lot of medicines that don't have. Um, effic- is that are not efficient in the fight against COVID, uh, and so we have evidence that he is in a certain way um, responsible for the way that disease was spread in the country. So a lot of people are even calling him a genocider. Um, I don't think that what he did uh, can be considered uh, a genocide, but based on the evidence that have been shown, uh, I believe he can be indicted uh, for crimes against humanity. Not not only according to international law, but according to Brazilian law itself. However, I think that's not going to happen. Uh, I think this won't be sufficient for another impeachment because auto impeachment are part of the, you know, democratic process in Brazil. Uh, the two the two cases that we had impeachments in Brazil, they are high politically motivated. So people like the, the deputies, they just vote uh, for an impeachment when they have other uh, interests involved, and there is this perception uh, among the political elite. And of course, the benefit uh, from that many are receiving like bribes from Bolsonaro and favors. Um, but there is this uh, spread idea among the political elite that another impeachment now would be better for Brazilian. Uh, situation, especially for the way that, Brazi- that the world looks for Brazil. Uh, it could it would cause a bad impression for investors and businessmen and, and all of that. So I think that Bolsonaro will end his term. Uh, he'll probably run for re-election. Uh, I think he won't be re-elected, but I also think that he'll be impugned. He will not be punished by his ex during the pandemic.
0: So next year, Brazil is going to have an election in October. And with Bolsonaro and Lula da Silva's Workers' Party being unpopular, who are the different actors that Americans should watch for?
1: Well, elections in Brazil, they are highly predictable, especially because here it is different from the U.S. We have two turns of the same election, so the president, he just wins um, if on the first turn he gets uh, 50% plus one of the total number of votes, so usually we have a first election and then after two weeks we have a second one with the two most voted candidates. So right now the scenario is highly polarized between um, Bolsonaro and Lula, the foreign president. Um, A lot of people don't like both of them, but we don't have many uh, other options. We are talking a lot, we are hearing a lot about the, the the need for a third option, like a third way, a new collision, uh, but it's hard to predict what's gonna happen. Um, a name that I think Americans should be um, looking for and observing is Sergio Moro, is a former judge, he was the main uh, judge behind the car wash operation, and he just announced that he's gonna run for presidency, and um, he's appearing on the third place on the polls, but he can grow more Uh, especially because I think he's embracing all this this speech of being against corruption and fighting corruption. And he's still insisting that although Lula has been released. He's not innocent. And since he also worked as a minister of justice for Bolsonaro during two years, he also has some accusations of corruption against Bolsonaro. So I think he'll try to portray himself as this guy who will fight against corruption. uh, And I also think that he'll try to get the votes of the evangelicals, trying to show himself as a more, not only moderate, but more conservative, especially on issues related to abortion and family, because uh, many evangelicals, as I mentioned before, are still going to vote for Bolsonaro because they cannot trust Lula. Uh, Lula's image is totally related to left-wing causes and being accused of being anti-family, anti-Christian, pro-abortion, anti-Israel. So I think that Moru is definitely a name that we should observe, but everything is still very uncertain, uh, I think that we need to wait for a more a more couple of months to try to understand how it's going to be uh, the political scenario for the elections next year. Um, right now, what it shows is it's going to have Bolsonaro and Lula. Uh, the post shows that Lula going to win, probably on the first turn. But as I said, a lot of things still can happen on the Brazilian political scenario. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, Igor, thanks for joining us on the Provcast and talking to us about all these issues in Brazil. We appreciate it.
1: Well, Mark, it was a pleasure to talk to you about Brazil. I'm a listener of the ProfCast and it's always encouraging to talk about my country despite all that's going on right now in the political scenario. But I really think that we need more Christians uh, thinking about politics in Brazil and international politics especially, but politics as a whole with these Christian lenses that Providence Magazine wants to have. So thank you so much.